Welcome to Spotlight with Ivy. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Our guest is here already. Good evening, sir. Hello, how are you? Fine, good evening. Welcome to Spotlight with Ivy. Yay! Thank you very much. It's mm -hmm. well done. I didn't hear you. I said, well done. Good one. Thank you, sir. It's lovely to have you here today. Um, so yes. if you're just joining us, um, we're up Mr. Jimmy Tewe today. I think this has been a long time coming. <laughs> I've been really looking forward to um, having you here today. Um, and we want to start with some icebreaker questions. Good evening, everybody. Okay. Welcome. Basically, um, <clears throat> So it's, it, the title of the icebreaker question is, would you rather? Yeah. Mm. Would you rather? I'm listening. <laughs> First question: Would you rather? Would you rather be a superhero or a villain? I'm born again, a superhero. <laughs> superhero. Okay. Next question: Would you rather live without your phone or your car? Phone. I can your get phone. my phone to bring people to come and meet me. I okay. can't leave that my phone. I'd rather live without the car. Yeah, let's put it that way. Okay. So, phone, you can get able to come. But um, if you have a car, you can arrive where you are going and the person has left the place. <laughs> okay. Next question. Would you rather be the funniest or the smartest person in the room? Smart. Because smart. if you are really smart, you'll be funny. If you are really smart. That was really that was really smart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite genre of book? This is a different kind of question. What's your favorite genre? I used to years ago, I mean I was at the bookstore some days ago and I saw some John Grisham's. I've not read them in a while, so but I typically I don't know how to categorize them. Self development book, I guess. That's what probably mm -hmm. Okay. Um, second to the last question What's the worst job you've ever had? A company called Junior Achievement It wasn't bad, but comparatively um, It was okay But at the point in time I got promoted into a role That I wasn't fit for and, Okay uh, I remember I scored 45%, I can't forget What role was that though? I was head of Public relations and fundraising Two things that my personality at that point in time could not accommodate, yeah. So how did that go? How long were you in that role for? I worked in junior achievement for one and a half years, but uh, no, one year, three months. Um, but that role, I was there for almost five months or so, yeah. Wow. But I had to find my way back to what I was doing, just program coordinating. And once I was successful, I took off. So I have good memories about me. Okay. But you've done really well for yourself, sir. I must say. We're grateful to God. <laughs> okay. So, um, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight with Ivy. Let me introduce our guest for today. Our guest is um, Mr. Jimmy Tewe, and he's the CEO of Inspiro Consulting, a career service and human resource management firm in Lagos. He's happily married. He's happily married yeah. to Mr. Lola Tewe. 
um, for has been happily married for 14 years and has two children and also the author of an amazing book. Um, the, he had many books, but this one I'm specifically say the purpose book. Um, it gets one day journey to discovering and fulfilling your purpose and the pastor of Kingswood. Am I am I right or all right? I'm so, I'm, I'm a pastor in the ministry, but I'm not actually a pastor. Okay. Avenue, okay. Avenue, okay. So welcome, Mr. Jimmy Terry. I'm, I'm glad Thank to have you. you. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about finding purpose in marriage. And Spotlight with IB basically is basically to highlight the importance of everybody living purposeful lives and being intentional about knowing that they are here on an assignment. Basically, I know that um, Mr. Terry is a very vocal person on purpose, and that's why he wrote his book, The Purpose mm. Book. So first question, and since you're talking about marriage, I know you've, you've, I've heard this just before, but for the sake of people that haven't heard this just, how did you meet your wife? Yeah, I was walking in the spirit one day. I'm just joking. <laughs> <so. laughs> All right. This was my NYC year, and um, I had just I moved to Lagos in, I think, February. No, January, actually, my NYC, and... Um, um, we, um, of course, in that, at that time, I think I had one or two people that I, were my reader that I liked, you know, at that point in time. And, um, you know, we were friends, you know, and um, eventually I remember that, you know, I mean, I was attending a particular church. First church was because of the first girl. Second church that I attended, I wanted something more, um, but I wasn't connecting. Then somebody invited me to the church, you know, where I'm part of right now. And eventually, I mean, long story short, I agreed to go. Now, before then, what had happened was that I was working in a company called Restructure Consulting. And at Restructure Consulting, um, there was a particular gentleman there called Demola. And Demola was my friend. And Demola used to come to me for counseling because he had this lady he liked. And she wasn't really taking him serious. So I was telling you, you yourself, you have to be serious. So I was adjusting, you know, working with him with regards to this particular lady who happened to be my wife. I did not know, right? <laughs> you know, and all that. And so eventually I met her in church. Um, I was, uh, what thrilled me about her was she was running something then called um, Covenant Minds. So she should write a newsletter every month, print them and send them to universities across Nigeria every single month, you know. And I, I really was you know, um, taken by that. And then, of course, PT also and all that. And so I kind of, like, expressed my interests to my friend who took me to church. So we became friends. Um, we met up on her birthday in 2002, that same year. And then, of course, we saw in church. And then the friendship began from there. And, um, you know, it was, uh, we, we were friends for nine months before we began to date. Um, in that period, she said no to me two times. Third time, and she said yes to me. That is a summary of the experience. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, that that's really interesting. Thank you for that. You said you guys were friends for nine months, and yeah. then you said it. Since at what point in the friendship did you start asking out? Well, I had um, so we met in September, and in December, I mean, because we are very close, we used to talk every single day every single day, all right, uh, doing work hours, after work hours, and then sometimes she used to work in a company called SYU Sachi and Sachi. I didn't have a car then, so she would just say, oh, we need someone to go to the island to submit these documents are empty, and I will go. She will come, <laughs> she will tell me, 
So we'll come with the bus together, I'll follow her home and all that. And so, I mean, we're pretty close. And um, I knew that I liked her and I knew that, you know, um, um, I wanted to be part of her life and part of her success also. I prayed about it and I had, you know, strong peace. And my prayer to God was really interesting. I said, God, see me, I like her. You know, you know, I know you can see the heart of men. You know I like her. So it's not a question of Lord, is he or real? That's why I'm coming. I'm being honest. However, I prayed the prayer. I said, God, if I'm not the best person to marry her, please don't mm. let me marry her. Mm. And she's not the best person for me to be married to. Please don't let it happen. And mm. that was how I started off and all that. And um, it was the journey and all. And so that's that's how it happened, yes. Okay, I, I'm wondering though, at the time when you were marrying her, did you actually think that um, you guys had a, like a very interesting journey or did you just think it was just a, a normal, ordinary marriage? Or did you even know yourself at that time? We were, very, we were very good friends, very good friends. And I think one of the things that has helped us is our friendship. You know, she's, she's my person and she says I'm my person too, you know, so... Um, and that helped a lot, you know. Uh, in fact, it was so intense that, you know, she felt, oh, maybe I'm, again, I'm not hearing God any longer. Let me, let me slow this down a bit. And that's why she nailed me twice, okay? Um, <laughs> I resurrected on the third day. <laughs> you know, and all that. But uh, that was really, you know what, <clears throat> so it wasn't, I mean, the experience as friends, all right, was amazing, you know, and for mm. me, that has been the premise for our marriage even going forward and all that. So we've had our differences, no doubt about it. I'm a bushman. Sometimes I be like a bush boy. I do things I should not do. Maybe say things I should not say and all those kind of things. But she's very forgiving. And I tell her that she should just calm down. We have more than 50 years of marriage. Things will get better. Okay. So, <laughs> but I mean, the same thing also. I mean, I'm learning also. So, but I mean, this, I think it was yesterday morning. She says, you know, we've been at home practically for the last six weeks. And we've never we've done correct ones. Oh, wow. you know, as you grow, you start knowing what matters to somebody, what you know. I mean, she came to me and said, I want you to do this. Yeah, I always do this. And I said, no, I'm not always doing it. I do it most times. or not. So I just joke around it. But I go, get back to that and do it. So I guess um, being friends has helped a lot. Um, and being real companions has helped a lot. Um, even in this journey, um, she's not... The kind of person that you know will not speak her mind, and I'm not the kind of person that will stop and say what she is. But that's also we work together, so she can say it in a way that my mind can accommodate. <laughs> the same thing, vice versa. That way, the, the conflicts are not as much, you know. And so that's that's how it's been. Okay, um, I, I do know that um, by the time you started your career journey, you got to a point you were the youngest manager um, in UBA at the time. And you got to yeah. the point that you realized that there was more to what you could be doing than all the benefits of your career at that time. You just felt like there was a purpose yeah. to what you're doing. So you actually discovered yourself, um, sort of, yeah. after you got married. Yeah. Because you're well, married. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, my journey of self-discovery had started years before. Okay. And I tell people that, you know, the, the discovery of purpose is not an event. It is a journey. Oh. And so you would, I'm still discovering more things about myself. There are things I'm more aware about now. I did not know 10 years ago, okay? But what I tell you is that always live with the degree of enlightenment about purpose that you have and mm. be intentional about it. So 
um, in picking and being, you know, choosing, you know, uh, to say I wanted to be with her. Also, I saw the way she handled conversations about what mattered to me. Um, I saw that it mattered to her. One time, she called me was Saturday and she says, Jimmy, I heard that they're doing free company registration. No, no, no. Discounted company registration at Ojo um, Trade Fair. You know, mm. and then five thousand naira instead of maybe thirty thousand or whatever, you know, to encourage people to business. Let's go. I remember I borrowed the five K from my uncle. We went all the way to Josh. Not that told me about. We went all the way and came back. I'm not not exactly company. He <laughs> ended up being a nice nice time out, you know. But the fact that you know she was interested in interested. what mattered to me exactly. Yeah. So that mattered. I don't think that you should. You should ideally, you know, be in. A, um, marriage relationship where the person doesn't have an idea of what matters to you, where you are going, and where that thing doesn't matter to you because our essence, you know, matters a whole lot. And so, when your spouse doesn't support you, when your spouse doesn't believe in you, it's, it's a tough one. In fact, if, if, if you're not careful, you know, position you to begin to look for validation outside mm. rather than inside. It actually mm -hmm. makes it a whole lot more difficult to manage. So, that mattered a lot. It mattered to me what she wanted to do. With her. My wife wrote her book before I ever did. She wrote her first book, you know, before, you know, I mean, we started dating and before I ever wrote my first book. She wrote that first book in 2002. I wrote my first book in 2004. Mm. She has three books to date and all that. So I, I met her doing what she loves to do and all mm. that. And that gave me an idea. And I remember I joined her partners. I used to give money every month, you know, to just contribute to what she was doing and all those kind of things, you know. So, um, in a way, that was my strategy of entering, but also I sincerely believed in what she was doing and all that. So, I, in sharing our visions and all that, I could see where I could support. And, 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 that's, and now, that vision has evolved, but because I wanted to support, I still want to support, you know, in that journey. So, I think, and this is what I'll say, Bukum, um, I think that, you know, to be very honest, marriage, the purpose of marriage much more than anything is basically supposed to be an empowerment to fulfill your purpose. That's what I believe, personally. That's me. I believe that, you know, um, the journey of Adam or the journey of man and the concept of marriage was introduced so that you can fulfill your man. That's why if you look at the scriptures, I mean, where we see Adam and all that, you'll see that Jesus said there's no marriage in heaven. Mm. And was very specific about that. To let you know that after this place, it doesn't matter, Okay. So mm -hmm. basically, it's designed for what matters in eternity, and that has a lot more to do with your purpose. And so, your marriage should empower you more. There should be a home you can come to, having fought battles and all that, where they can clean your wounds, you can be suited, you can be restored, then launch into the world again. But if you're fighting wars at home, fighting wars mm -hmm. in the world, you'll be broken. That's the thing that I believe. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for that. So, from what I heard you say now, in identifying somebody that you would want to partner with, the person already has to be showing some level of interest in a skill or a path or a career for you to know if there's a way you can help or augment what they are doing at the moment, because that journey actually is unwinding. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Um, um, and I'm not saying I'm going to know everything about the person. Some will start off and then eventually they change, but if you are authentic enough with your partner, you know, they would they will be part of your even as you are rediscovering yourself, they'll be part of that journey. 
And so it's not going to be a surprise. It's not like someone says, I never married a pastor. Then the guy comes and says, God said I'm not a pastor. All right? Mm -hmm. Even the process of I'm not a pastor to become a pastor, the person will be part of that process. And, you know, if they genuinely love you and like you, they will actually support you in that regard, yes. Okay, so um, you talked about communication, about your process. How do you recommend people to communicate their journey? Like, because sometimes you don't even understand what is wrong with you at that point. You just know that <laughs> there's something changing and you, you can't yes. even articulate it. Yes. Since you can't even articulate it, how can you even explain it to your yes. partner? I think one of the first virtues of love, it says <clears throat> in First Corinthians 13, it says love is patience. The first capacity you must have when it comes to love is patience. And if you have patience, when your partner is going through their emotions and trying to decipher what they need to do at that point you must be patient with them and all that so i've, I've had my own faces also where i was into sure about what i wanted to do she has had her faces and all that but because we have chosen and i'm empowered by god's spirit to also be patient with each other what we do is that during that period of discovery we're thinking about how to support the other person it's not always comfortable and let me say this to you my marriage is not perfect though all right, we have work someday. But we don't fight, we don't shout. I, don't, I think that the reason why people shout uh, and all that sometimes is upbringing is also, you know, not growing in understanding the best way to communicate with your spouse. I think people, uh, I mean, in, in neuro linguistic program, we talk about the fact that people are products of their upbringing, their environment, and, um, you know, um, strong emotional experiences. So I'll give an example and make it real. You know, so for me, growing up, in the home where I grew up, we didn't have a lot of chatter. We didn't have a lot of laughter. It was almost everybody's teasing straight, you know. When daddy's at home, be quiet. That kind of home. But my wife, it was a loud house, okay? So everybody's laughing and stuff like that. Um, I mean, their, our house was a big house. So we had cousins that were going to stay, that were going to support, or to do our all part of the... So if you don't shout in that house, you don't take a bath of time. We will not get food to eat and all that. So by the time we got married, you know, I mean, I'm in a conversation with my wife. She'll say, so, 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 I'll say, why are you shouting? I'm not shouting at you. Ah. So I used to initially get upset, but love is patient, love is kind. So until one day, I just sat back and I said, it is from this other thing. So one day, when she was in a good mood, and I began to explain my observation, and eventually she saw it. So what would happen is that I would say, um, something they'll say, so they like, sorry. And she'll say the same thing again and all that. The same thing also, then let me flip it now. On my own end, we're not very expressive emotionally in my own home. Um, I have only one sister. We have three brothers. You'll have imagined that we'll be doting on our sister and all that. No, she was like a man. Everybody to yourself. So in my marriage, it took me a while to learn how to um, you know, uh, release myself and open up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So... I mean, to come as a public speaker, just 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 1 hour, you do what you have to do and go out. But someone leaves with you, and she had to leave with that, and sometimes you got very frustrated with that. I remember one time she went, I started doing some research, and she showed me. And when I see stuff, you know, she showed me that was like, so because I became aware of that, so I started doing some things intentionally so they're more natural to me. So my wife says, you know, that you, are not, you don't hold me, you know, you don't touch me and all that, so... Sometimes I'm driving, I just put my hand on my head, you know. It's not like I'm feeling you know anything, but, you know, it matters to her. And then after a while, it's now almost automatic, you know, to want to do that. So I think that, again, 
in terms of communication, this is where we started from. I think that you know you need to not number one, love believes the best. That's another thing that is there. So no matter the face that the person is, sometimes they make mistakes genuinely, or sometimes stupid mistakes, but they're your spouse. So you must be able to see how you can support them in their journey towards recovery. And then when they get it right, oh yeah, probably good that you enjoy it. You will get the returns, you know, you get the results and all that. So that's how I think it works. Okay, so somebody is asking a question. Um, says, what's the difference between passion and purpose? And can you say if you are passionate about something that it might be tilting towards purpose? So let's look at the root meaning of this word, the etymology, okay? The root meaning for passion is suffering. Is what? That's what passion is, <laughs> suffering. Yeah, so we don't know that. Well, that's what I mean. And it actually came from the passion of the Christ, the sufferings of Christ. Yeah, so passion is what gives you capacity to suffer. That's why you see passionate people that are suffering and they keep going on. It is a strong ability that is right. No, no, you don't need to open your mouth. You know, because when we interpret passion, we think about it from the context of marriage and passion. No, that's not passion. That's emotion and that's separate. Real passion gives you capacity to stay even when things are tough. That mm. is passion. All right, so when someone says I'm passionate about you, but small wind blows like this, you change your mind. No, there's no passion that's there. All right, passion, you know, keeps you through and all that. And so, passion is the fuel that God gives you to fulfill your purpose. Mm. You get my point? Yes, that's what it is. So, uh, purpose means intent, objective, the end in mind, as it were. And so, what that means in essence is this, that you are going on a journey. That's the end in mind. But you see, there is now, there's even what we call placement or your job. And placement can be job, entrepreneurship, ministry, development space and all that. So there's the placement. In other words, that's the vehicle. The passion is the fuel. The destination is purpose. Wow. That's how I explain it. Yeah. Wow. I was trying to write that down. I hope, I hope somebody got that. If you got that, please write that down <laughs> in the comments, please. So I have another question here from somebody as a woman people say you are the neck and we are to support our spouses how do we manage personal purpose and helping the other person achieve theirs sometimes combining both is almost impossible if yes is there a timeline for that thank well, you well i understand that people say that you're the neck we have to be sure that that's what the bible says but i'm not saying anything okay i think there's equality as it were because when the two of you become one, literally speaking, there's no separation. You guys are intermingled. You are one, okay? So, although from a point of authority and hierarchy, as it were, we know that Christ is the head of the church. We know that the body is there and all those kind of things, you know? So, well, someone says, oh, well, the woman is the neck. No matter what the head is, if you don't, if your neck doesn't turn, your head cannot turn. <laughs> I think it is wrong to think that a woman was born or made for a man. I think that is wrong. Mm. Um, let's look at it because they say oh, it was when God said, Not good for man to be alone, that God made it. That's not true. Genesis 1 says, God said, Let us make man in an image of that likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the cattle of the field, the birds of the air. Then God created them, male and female created. Mm. When mm. Eve came, that was the deployment of what had been created. Because mm. when Adam came in Genesis 2 verse 7, all right, that was not one man came. That was the body of man, the mm. infilled body of man 
that came to life, but man had been made in Genesis because after God made them, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful. Now, you cannot speak to, even from a procreation point of view, you cannot speak to a man by himself to be fruitful because without the woman, you cannot. So God said to them, to them, male and female. So it's important because there's a theory that people are saying about the fact that, okay, you know what, it was later that God now knows. A woman was not an afterthought. So that's why in marriage, the two of you are one. And that's the thing mm. that is important. So a woman was not designed to, you know, to just support a man. A man was designed to support his wife. Mm. When we get to heaven, God is going to ask me about Lolate Way and ask her, did you support her on the mm. journey to becoming herself? Yes. Mm. And that's so important. So um, although, but the other part of it is that in the journey, the actual journey, you know, that sometimes when some one person might need to step down and maybe not be as visible, because of that person. So I know, for example, that there'll be season in my life when my wife is maybe doing her master's or she's, you know, traveling a lot because she has a ministry to women and all of this. She'll be where I will be at home. And it's not a problem for me. I used to have an office in Lekki Phase 1. My wife works in Yaba. We live in Lekki, at of Lagos. That's from distance. She lives almost times before 6 o'clock. Does not come back to 8 o'clock and all that. So I close my office in Lekki to stay at home so that the kids can see one of us. There is a phase of life when I'm doing that. And that's why, because of that, I can decide tomorrow when I go to America for four weeks, she knows that I have paid my dues. So I don't think it's that way. Now, ultimately, it's so making when you are in a car, there's an accident, we must hold one person responsible for that. Mm -hmm. So that's the driver. So the thing about being the head is not about ex exerting power, but receiving responsibility. Mm. Being the head actually speaks to responsibility and not rulership. And that mm. those are the challenges that we've had. You know, because Jesus said, if anyone is going to be the greatest, you must become the servant of all. So if you're going to be the mm. greatest in your home, you must serve your home. Mm. So you are not, you are not mm. meant to be the lion of the tribe of your home. All right? You are not meant to be. You are actually meant to be both a lion and a lamb. Remember in Revelation 5, the Bible said that, um, it said, that there was nobody found to open the scrolls that were in the hands, you know, of the Father. And then he says, and people are wondering, who opened the scrolls? And then someone says, don't cry any longer. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then when they, now he says, see the lion of the tribe of Judah. But when they turned to look, they saw a lamb. I mean, that's bad image. You see a lion. So he says, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he now said that when they turned and saw, they saw a lamb that was slain. As the head of a home, you must be both a lion and a lamb. You must mm. know when to be a lion and know when to be a lamb. Many times, people believe that being the head is only about lions and eating. You will eat your destiny away. You must know when to be a lamb in that process. And you must not be a lamb when you are meant to be a lion. When mm. it comes, for example, about the preservation of your home, things are not going well. As, a, as the priest of the family, you should have to go to God and pray on behalf of your family. For things to go up and all that when it comes to physical preservation and protection of your family it is your responsibility where that is concerned and provision and things like that so that's just my thoughts about it but i'm old school you know the new school has different thoughts about it wow so basically the man has his purpose and the woman has a purpose basically yes they do in a case yes. where we are not able to align uh is not being able to perform the support function or she's not able to perform in the support function to him what would be a remedy to try to fix the situation 
I think that while there's that liberty and all that, in the home, like I said, there's hierarchy and there's authority also, as it were, and all that. And, you know, many times, that that's why the Bible says, husband love your wife, wife submits to your husband. And I think that a husband that loves his wife would have a very submitted wife. That's the truth about mm. it. So when you, you don't force submission, you don't have to open your Bible and say to the wife, read this, God says you submit to me. The moment you are doing that, I can guarantee you are not loving her. All right? Now, uh, so submission is something that is willing. For example, we are submitted to God. He's not forcing us that, you know, and all that we willingly submit to him. And that's the way that um, it's meant to be Christ and the church, husband and wife. Now, with regard to what you are saying, there really will be some seasons where one person needs to step down, all right? And maybe mm. for the wife, I know that you want to do that. I also believe that, you know, in this journey and all that, you know, you, you have to think about creative ways to support each other what matters in the home. Some people believe, oh, I don't want the house made. Okay, well, you don't ever stay in your house, but can somebody come and clean? Your wife cannot mm -hmm. be cleaning the house forever and ever. That is not primarily the assignment she has. She has that responsibility. She sure it's done, but someone can come in the morning and go. That's why you have to be wealthy, by the way, okay? So you can <laughs> afford these support systems and things like that. So um, a lot of people are not able to do many things. And I've seen many broken women that had deep dreams, before they got married, but because mm. they also got married to somebody that has this wrong, you know, premonition, they don't provide any support for them. And women are, you know, they're motherly, so they want to be around their children. So they rather sacrifice for their children, but they are pained. And you don't mm. want a pained wife. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a poisonous thing that will backfire in the future. Because that woman, you know, Bible says that, you know, husband that, you better love your wife. He says, if I read that thing about it, that, you know, that God will never answer your prayers, okay? Mm. It's in the Bible. You know, and all that. So I, I asked my wife, are you happy? Are you fine? Because I want to play now. Please, I beg you. Know? <laughs> and all that. Sometimes I say, Auntie, I don't pray for me. I'm feeling it. Because it's like I'm trying to struggle against the way you know. So pray. And my wife tells me, I prayed for you today. I have. Thank you. I buy a Zubo or something like that. will be good. So um, I think it's a, it's a divine partnership. I think that, you know, and I'm still, I don't, I know a bit more, but I still try to study it a lot more um, because. I believe that if anybody is going to be successful in marriage, you must understand the relationship between Christ and the church. That is mm. the only model the Bible compares it with. So when you don't know mm -hmm. the model, you will misfire, you misbehave. But the more the mode about the model you know, the better it is you're going to have better experiences in your marriage too. Okay, I have um, this question to ask because as you're speaking, I was just wondering, which is higher, marriage or purpose? Ah, I've told you, ultimately, there's no purpose. Matthew 22, 30. In the resurrection, there will neither be marriage or given a marriage. So I'm telling you that marriage is not an end in itself. And I, I think a lot of people, that's another challenge in our generation. A lot of people, you know, believe that, you know, once I'm married. No, that, you see, you are just started. But you are, you are on a journey. Because ultimately, when we get before the Father, what will matter is what we use our life to do. So... You know, it's not about the tool. And, and it's a, marriage is a beautiful tool when, you know, it's well done and all those kind of things. But it's not an end in itself, okay? So that's what I believe. So if you ask me in terms of whatever, one is made for the other, okay? And I believe that marriage is ultimately made for a purpose. But you are meant to have a beautiful experience in that marriage, okay? Well, that's true in, about it. In a situation where the tool is not serving the purpose, mm -hmm. Will it be okay to drop the tool and just face your purpose? That was a very strategic question. So let me answer it. All right. So uh, my 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 thought is this, you know. I mean, because again, 
you know, and I'll be very frank and direct about it because I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, I mean, if it's not working, you know, divorce and all those kind of things and move on with your life. Um, and what has been found, for example, you know, with divorce, you know, when it just becomes an option to just take, and if I don't like the boss, I get down and I find another boss, is that people that tend to get into those divorce situations tend to repeat some things. And that's research-based. This is not me speaking and all that. So I think that it's not necessarily about trying to opt out of a vehicle you don't like. I think the first thing to be able to do is to try to see whether I can work. Okay? Now, there are certain extremes. For example, if I hear, for example, that a man is beating his wife, okay, I would beat him. That's for I have no forgiveness after all about beating because I think it's only weak men that beat women. I don't even think I know. All right, it's only a weak person that can raise his hand because it means my voice is not powerful, mm. my words don't mm. mean anything. So I need to act first to it. That's mm -hmm. why you need your hand. That the real woman responds. That's why everything responds to the voice of God's command. God doesn't mm. need to beat us; He does His word. So that's mm. how it's meant to be. So what I believe very sincerely is that in that instance, for example, let's say that there should be sometimes what I call a guided separation. What I mean by that is that if the guy has anger problems and we cannot say what he's going to do tomorrow, separate them. Let have be somewhere. I'm telling you. And I mean, you know, some things just have to be said. You know, not divorce them or separate them. And then what I mean by a guided separation is that let them have, there's a regime, a program. They are coming together. He's working on his whatever. They go on dates together. If you know how they went on dates, now beat down their heart. It's deeper. You know, it's deeper than, you know, what it is and all that. And then there are ways to go about that. And my own thought about it is this, that, you know, um, God hates divorce. That's what the Bible says. Um, but there are many things God hates also. I think that that's important to be able to state. In certain situations, and I've seen, for example, where a man has given his soul over to the enemy. And mm. you have prayed for the person. Now, let me say to you, you cannot deliver a person who doesn't want to be delivered. It's not possible. Mm. There must mm. be a desire. And in mm. those instances, I've seen where the person has taken a step, initiated a divorce, moved on, and God has, in his mercy, helped them and they've gone forward, okay? But again, I tell you that you don't do those things by yourself. You get mm. guidance, you get mm. help, you open mm. yourself to authorities. And that's why I have people that call me their dad, and I take it very seriously. I mean, young ladies, I've known them from university and all that, mm -hmm. and I've tried to be there for them because many of them did not have fathers, and God asked me to literally kind of adopt them. And one thing I always say, when they come to me and say, oh, I found her dad, I found somebody, and I say, hey, yes. And I ask many questions, but one question I ask, who is he submitted to? Mm. And many of them say, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. So when the guy comes, and I'll, I'll just talk, talk, I'll be like, so do you have like a mentor or someone else? No, 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 I don't believe, I don't believe in those things. And all that. So I'm like, can I ask you a question? If you do something wrong, who can they report you to? Mm. says, well, no, uh, I'm okay. Ah, I tell ah. them, shh, don't bother him. I'm telling you, there's no need to pray about that one. Because, you see, one thing I believe is that, you see, as men grow, and we get exposed to different things in life, we're going to have temptations. Mm -hmm. going to have, there's no perfect person that will not be tempted. Well, you mm -hmm. see, the good thing about it is that if you cannot even handle your personal temptation yourself, they must be able to pull your ears. If mm -hmm. nobody can pull your ears, you are destroyed before you start it. Mm -hmm. Power without control will kill. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens to a lot of people. Okay? And also, that's what I'll share Wow. Um, so, yes, we're talking about went into the single part, and then there's a question here. So, as a single lady that has discovered purpose, 
should she wait until marriage before pursuing it or should she start now if jesus comes before you marry you are finished running <laughs> as he's as showing you in fact i advise people to be about purpose before the subject of marriage comes up mm. i'm telling you because there's certain experiences you have in the process of your personal self-discovery that would help in picking the right person. It was while Rebecca was going to fetch water for her camels that she met the servant of Abraham where she got married. So be about it. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, I think that a lot of people have, and you, that was a very good question you asked, a lot of people have exalted marriage about purpose. It's not, it's not right. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. All right? Social acceptance. Oh, I, want, I just want someone to love me. Why should they love you? Who are you? You are still discovering yourself. You know, so be on a journey by yourself. And then, I mean, it was in the journey of Adam that Eve came in the first instance. So that gives us an idea mm -hmm. that the man was working before marriage and the concept came. I think it's actually very dangerous you know, to marry somebody and, you know, the person is not doing anything with their life. It's, it's, it's a very dangerous place to be. So that's an example. You can't come to me and tell you want to marry somebody and the person is not working, the person doesn't do anything. As you just hoping, no, go out by yourself. When you finish hoping, if we're still available, we'll consider it. But if not, we'll leave you alone. That's what I personally believe and all that. So I think that you can, as a woman, and please, women, your purpose is not less than the purpose of a man. There are many women that are great that God has used across the world, globally. In fact, let me put it this way, because some women will be more known than their husbands, but it doesn't make mm. them the head of their husband. That's the other thing. Mm. That they are still submitted at home, and powerful outside and supported by the husband. How many people know Ibuka Oshika's husband? People don't know him that much, mm. but he's there. And when she's in the meeting and he's there, many times people have attested to this. She would kneel down in front of him, greet him, mm. and she would now go up just to let people know that this is my hat, this is my cap, mm. this is my head that I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's wrong to say, oh, that I'm just going to wait till I get married before you know I get into this uh, purpose thing. No. You are meant to, you see, before the spouse, there was God. And in walking with God, you will discover your work for Him. Walk with Him, and you will discover your work for Him. As you are walking along the path, you will meet the person that is meant to walk with you. And that's the order that you should be. So you should already start on the journey so that you can meet the person and get yes. to work together, basically. Yes. Okay, so I wanted to also touch on children in marriage. Uh, and yeah. Because a lot of times you find out that a lot of women, it almost seems like they are giving up um, their dreams for their children, and they hope they will find fulfillment by doing that, or they hope that they will yeah. come come to a realization or a purpose by doing that. So what's the balance really in taking care of your kids mm. and doing that which you are designed to do? Um, I think I will, there are two dimensions to look at this. There's the generic and there's the specific. Some people, um, some people are um, very content about raising particular kids. And I've seen certain instances where because those kids and their destiny and the greatness and all that, they probably needed a mother like that that would maybe focus on them. But that mother was loved that. They loved that idea, you know, as it were. However, what I'll say is this, when it comes to kids, you know, it's not the woman's job alone to raise the kid. It is parents' responsibility. Mm. Now, if as a father, for example, if I'm very, very busy and all those kind of things, I don't outsource that responsibility to my wife. Because again, that's when you now come and say, ah, 
Children will always love their mother. No, children love the person that invested in them. That is how children are. Mm -hmm. So if you are not part of their life now, you can't just throw it and say, ah, let's be bodies. No, it doesn't work that way. So I tell people that wherever you are, start working on it, okay? Uh, I knew early that I wanted two kids. My wife knew we wanted two kids and all that. We planned around that. And we wanted to be part of their life. So I used to work in Accenture. Once my child was coming, my first child was coming, at that point in time, I knew that as a consultant, and it happens globally, they can call you anytime. You can be talking now, and I just get a call. You're traveling tomorrow morning. I didn't want that life. So it was one of the things that informed my transition also to leave the consulting business to get into more like an, a, an industry role, okay? Mm -hmm. But that mattered to me. Again, you have to know what your values are. Some people don't value family. Sometimes it's because mm -hmm. of their own personal experiences. Well, they are just, I just want to be successful. That's what they're thinking about. So you remind someone like that, he will never, he or she will never make that contribution to the growth of that home because it's not in the arena. That's why I think for singles, they should have conversations. You know, and, uh, and that's why by the time all your marriage, if all your dating is just about having sex and all that, you will not have the real conversations that will matter in the future. I'm telling you, you don't need to talk about your kids, mm -hmm. how to raise them. That's when you know that this guy has problem of the way he handles kids. I'm telling you, some people discover in their marriage that the husband doesn't play with their children. Say, why you don't play with them? Say, why should I play with them? For what? You play with them. I'm busy. But it had always been that way. To have those, uh, you know, important conversations very early. I think that, of course, somebody would always have to be. I've seen instances where the husband works from home. I work from home. This is my own home office and all that. I have workplaces that I work outside from time to time. But in this phase of my life, because I know that very soon, I might have to be gone for three months. And it's not normal. When I say three months, it's not like I'm going totally for three months. I'm not, I will go and come back. But when I come back and just transit and all that, but I learned this from one of my mentors says, whenever you're with your children, make sure you create memories with them. He said, when you're not with them, the memories will keep them. So I'm very intentional. Sometimes I just tell my kids, let's go out, you know, and all that. Oh, we're going to do this, you know. So those things keep them so that even when they don't see me, and then I also make sure that no matter where I am in the world, I speak to them every single day, all right, except there's no network there and all that. But I try, hey, where are you? And sometimes the conversation is not, it's really nice, sometimes just playing how school, blah, 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 we move on. But these things are so, so, so important to do. So I think that it's the responsibility of parents to raise children. The active, you know, part of it, somebody might be a lot more involved in that, but there's a contribution fathers bring, there's a contribution that mothers bring to the equation also. Wow, nice. Okay, so one more question that is here. Um, someone is asking, is it also possible one discovers purpose helping others achieve theirs? In fact, to be very sincere with you, I think it's in Luke 16 verse 12, it says that if you are not faithful in what belongs to another man, who will give you your own? Mm -hmm. So I tell people that service is actually one of the ways you discover yourself. Okay? In fact, many times when God wants to help people to discover themselves, he, he does that in the place of service. So I tell people that, and that's why the Bible says something, for example, it says whatever you have to do, do it with all your heart. Because so it mentions two things. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart. So there's the heart and the heart. But I sometimes do what you can with what your hand finds to do before you know what your heart wants to do. And I've mm. seen that happen too many times. It was in a place, for example, for me, of being involved in the church I was in when I grew up in Ibadan, handling, 
you know, um, fixing speaker, organizing conference. That was where one, it was there that my pastor says, oh, Jimmy, I want you to handle announcements. And I faltered and messed up the first few times, but I got the hang of it. Today, the microphone and I were twins. Jake, my point. So one of the ways that God does is that, and that's what people don't understand, so I want to be a man on my own. God did not design any man. The Bible says, woe to him that is alone. And so there is a place where if many people trace it, and we find out that in their discovery, they are going to pass through the path of others. So the desire to help others is really good. But again, as you begin to discover yourself, make sure you begin to exercise yourself in that regard. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anyone stop you. Manage your relationships well. Because sometimes some people discover themselves and want to take a step and then they get some sort of resistance in that process. There's wisdom to handle resistance. Because sometimes if you break away, things can keep breaking in the future. And I think that that's, you know, and sometimes you just have to take a bold step courageous and walk away but in peace, you are in peace. The person might be angry with you, but you're always trying to see how you can mend that relationship. Because I believe very sincerely that it's just it's just a blessed thing to be released well and all that. But you are very correct that one of the ways to discover purpose is being faithful in what belongs to another man. So um, you touched on the hand and the heart issue. Like whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your yeah. heart. At, at what point do you discover what your heart really does love, not just what it has found to do? When do you know that this is it, basically? Well, again, um, I think that, you see, the thing about the heart is that no matter what you do, you know, it'll keep going back there. It'll keep going back there. Uh, so, for example, I have people that say, oh, that's, I, okay, let me give you a practical example. I was head of recruitment. You mentioned that earlier of UBA many years ago. And uh, I mean, I would be in an interview. Now, my, what my hand found to do was head of recruitment for the organization. So and I would do that with all my heart. My heart poured into it. But usually I'll finish the interview and I'll look at the person. I'll feel sorry for the person. I'll say, sorry, we finished the interview. Then I'll start counseling the person. I tell the person, the person who knows they're not going to get the job, but they'll be very happy. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. They are living, they know they're not getting the job, but they know, all right? And that was what my, that was my heart trying to find expression. Um, I would, if you, if you ever been be to my office those days, we had this little office and all that, you would see youth coppers. They will come to my office in the morning, okay, Jimmy, how are you? Then you ask me questions, and I will be doing what I'm doing now back then. I didn't have to struggle to do it, but my hands were diligent on my, on my job. Now, after a while, when I began to start giving expression to my heart, my weekends, I began to focus on what my heart wanted to do. It began to grow to the point I knew it was time to move from what my heart now. Remember, it's hand heart. So first, you usually start whatever your heart wants to do, finds to try to do, then do it all your heart. After a while, when you discover what your heart wants to do, you now put your hand to support your heart. Give my point. That's the way it actually works. Okay. Thank you so much. That has been really enlightening. Thank you so much. Uh, do you have any last words for people that are unsure about how exactly they are going to walk the path of purpose with their spouses? Or even if they should be picking somebody else instead of another person to walk this path with them? Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about just a career path, you can go to a consultant. If you're talking about a business plan, you can go to a consultant. When you're talking about your purpose of your life, you must go to the manufacturer. That's what I'll say. Um, you can live your life on a business plan, I'm telling you. 
I want to be a top global business. And that's, that in itself is aspirational. But if you really want to know purpose, you cannot know purpose without doing manufacturing. So one of my mentors is Fela Dotoe, and I was speaking to him two, about two weeks ago, and he said to me, he said, Jimmy, God reminded me about something. He says, don't get too obsessed with the calling. Focus on the color. If you get the color, you know the calling. A lot of people want to go to God as a means to get the calling so that they can go out. You cannot even fulfill your assignment without God. So there's a portion of your walk with him, W-A-L-K, your walk with him, and then your walk for him. Most people want the walk for him because that's where the glory comes. But really and truly, the glory comes in your walk with him. Remember, when Moses was with God, his face began to shine. Then he brought that to his walk for him. Mm. So make sure you have that one-on-one with your maker. It's so important. And live from there. Truly successful people live from the inside out. I'll stop there. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yes, that, that was amazing. That was like an amazing way to end this. Um, and thank you also. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you for the questions. Um, basically, thank you very much, sir, for coming. It's been amazing. Thank you, too. I am super All grateful right. for, for you. All right. Bye. Thank you, sir. So you can watch this episode again. It's going to be available for 24 hours. But if you don't um, catch it here, you can catch it up on the website at www.ibukutumbi.com. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming. It's been an amazing time. Um, have a lovely day. Bye.